Sorry, my ears are off there. It is Tuesday. I'm Drew Berquist. This is my show, and I simply have two words for you today, and they are go blue. Go blue, baby. <laughs> Big night last night. Look forward to talking about the game later in the show, but suffice to say, uh, happy right now, happy camper for sure. So glad to be spending some time with all of you guys on this super rainy, stormy Tuesday, at least here in the Jacksonville, Florida area. Man, crazy, crazy stuff. But glad that we're here. I, I, we're talking to the folks over in Coin Club on Locals before the show, hanging out there at the bar with them. And told I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't sure what the certainty or level of, of certainty that this show was going to happen today. But here it is. We're here. We're going to do it. And looks like we're in the clear from that storm. Hopefully, if you were in its path, you fared well uh, also. We got Tom. We got Disco. The whole gang's here. Tom's not here here, but he's here in spirit, and we get to look at him still, so that's great. <laughs> so, <clears throat> reminder, yes. if, you, if you want to join us on Locals, which we hope that you do, uh, you, you go on over to drewberquist.locals.com. Use promo code DREW30. You can also... Uh, click the red button below the player here on Rumble. You can go to DrewBerkwist.com. All those places will get you there. And you get a free month. It's only five bucks after that. But you get a free month using promo code Drew30. So get on over there and uh, come have some fun with us. Monday through Thursday, we're there 5 p.m. Eastern, hanging out before the show. Some other fun things coming your way as well on that front. But let's get into some stuff here. We got lots to cover. Let's just get right into it. Let's dive into the news, Chris. So this Epstein stuff could, and I emphasize could, get more interesting. Because there's new reports out there that allege Jeffrey Epstein secretly recorded sex tapes of Prince Andrew, Sir Richard Branson, and of course, Slick Willie Bill Clinton. That's all according to information from some of the unsealed documents. By the way, a fifth, I think it was the fifth tranche, uh, was released today or was coming out at some point today. Not going to get into that now because I have not seen it. But let's... You look at that list. You look at Branson, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton. Let's not forget Branson's first company was Virgin Records, followed by Virgin Atlantic, Virgin America, Virgin Galactic, Virgin Hotels, and Virgin Cruise Lines. Let's also not forget that the Virgin Atlantic Lounge restrooms had mouth-shaped urinals. <laughs> I forgot about that. And Tom Cunningham, <laughs> our very own Tom Cunningham, has taken a piss in one. So I, I don't know if I should congratulate you or, or what exactly to say, but that happened. You had Virgin Atlantic's flagship uh, 747 was christened as or known as Mustang Sally, tipped to the hat of the origins of rock, rock and roll, or tipped to the hat to the pedos with the lyrics, which read one of those early mornings, oh, you're going to be wiping your weeping eyes, huh? I don't know. What do you think there, Tom? You used to... You've you've peed in one of his toilets, so clearly you're a Branson expert. <laughs> well, clearly, yes. I, I've never been to his island, though. Uh, that that's only reserved for you know the elite of the elite. Yeah, you know the the time that I was in the uh, the Virgin Atlantic Lounge, there was just so much going on there. You know, uh, you could get a shave, and as if now that I remember it, you could get massages there. I did not get a massage, but colleagues of mine who did. 
mentioned that they were just straight up massages by adults. Uh, the bathroom was a bit weird having those urinals there. But, you know, it, at the time, I didn't think too much of it because this we're talking this would have been probably 2006. So 18 years ago. So I had heard of Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein because I was living in West Palm Beach at the time. And there were stories going back to, you know, I moved there in 98. And I had a lot of friends on the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. And I remember hearing stories about, you know, Bill Clinton coming to visit and then having a friend of his on Palm Beach. And so it was all kind of a bit murky, you know, as far as like who this Epstein character was. And it wasn't until later where I was able to start piecing everything together. And I think that's the same way with Richard Branson. You know, it's kind of odd that he chose the word virgin for... Everything. You know, his, his, yeah, record label, and then everything after that. Uh, the urinals were a bit weird. The black and white checkered floor in the bathroom was a bit weird. You know, it, 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 at the time, you don't really think about it. At least I didn't, because I was still, you know, sort of like this rebellious dude, that was, you know, total rock and roll, you know, working in reality television and, you know, just, you know, ha going along for a good time and, you know, more of a punk rock type person, just thought it was kind of cool. And, you know, now that I get older and start, you know, you know, connecting the dots a little bit more, it, it seems a bit obvious now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, it's just, it's just. I mean, honestly, it's strange. I, I don't know that I would ever. I remember seeing. I didn't. I didn't ever use one like you did, but I, I, I remember seeing them, um, and just thinking, man, that's just freaking weird. Like to to yeah. to create a toilet that looks like a mouth. Like I, I understand like the concept being a Vikings fan of people. You'll see pictures. I think Tommy Kramer, the old quarterback, has a yellow urinal with a Packers logo on it. You know, because you're pissing on your team or whatever. Even that, I wouldn't want that because I don't think it would be sightly. But, but the the mouth thing, man, that's that's next level creepy. That's a weird deal. There's there's no two ways around it. But as we learn, like you're saying, as we learn more and more about who these people are, what they're into, it, it just it 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 all starts to make more sense in terms of some of their business decisions, their relationship decisions, how they've done X, Y, and Z things. It comes together a lot more clearly. Still a lot of uncertainty out there. But this story, so Branson, Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, all these, is, is out. There's, there's discussion about it. And to me, it's not that surprising that there's sex tapes of these people. We, I mean, no doubt there's probably copious amounts of, of other damning information and evidence out there, stuff that would utterly sink and ruin us or anyone if they weren't part of the establishment which these folks are very much so so is is as bad as it looks it's not surprising again i'm sure there's way worse stuff out there and i just don't see anything coming from this i mean you look at bill a normal a normal person and and you find out your husband or your spouse or whatever for one is is not being faithful but for two is going to epstein island and then is on tape doing it pretty damning but hillary doesn't care i mean their marriage has always been an arrangement a business relationship not a true marriage they don't give two craps about each other at least not in the traditional sense and bill 
Like, do you think Bill Slick will? He probably laughed about it when it came out. He doesn't care. Like, he's not the type who's going to be embarrassed over this coming out. And you know why? Because he's sick. He's a sick, sadistic, douche nozzle of a person. But for two, I mean, two, he doesn't care what people think about him because he doesn't care about other people unless they're in his club, in his sphere, right? That's just how they are. He views everyone else, you, me, the rest of us, people that he quote-unquote governed, whether in Arkansas or whether in the Oval Office, as, as people who are just beneath him. So any criticism of him from said people just doesn't matter. And then you look at, okay, if there's not the public shaming and there's not that and he's not embarrassed, what about any kind of action? This whole thing, there's the, the whole Epstein list. People are so excited about it. It's good to see parts of it coming out, yes, 100%. But nothing's going to come. There's, there's very little evidence in terms of something that could lead to something. And, and that's, that's presuming, even if there was, that's presuming that we had a, a single, one lone, fair and equal justice system, which we, of course, don't. But <laughs> in terms of the consequences of this video, I haven't seen it. I, I hope I never do. But even if the tape that's referenced comes out of any of these folks, unless it's an underaged girl on that tape, which has to be proven, not like, well, she could be 18, she could be, the, unless, it's, unless it's clear as day, there's, there's technically, although unsavory and not what I would do and what traditional people don't think is, is good behavior, there's nothing illegal about his activity. Stupid? Yes. Questionable? Yes. Illegal? Not necessarily. Right, especially if they're with adults. And if there is, if the, if there is footage of Clinton that gets released, you can, you can rest assured it's not going to be any child that he's going to be with because those tapes are for leverage. Right. Epstein was all about leverage and getting leverage on political officials, business leaders, and to be able to use that leverage against them to, to promote a certain globalist narrative. That's all this is about. So the really gruesome, horrible stuff that most of us think is out there will never see the light of day because that's being held under lock and key by the intel community because they can use it as leverage. This is all a leverage game, whether it's our intel community, whether it, it's MI6, MI5, Mossad, whoever. Or, it, or the the uh, Chinese equivalent, whoever it is, they're they're going to use this as leverage from now until the, you know the the next. I mean, child molesting children is the last big taboo that society has right now. So of course that's your biggest piece of leverage. If this was just like, hey, we've got pictures of you with you know this woman that isn't your wife, nobody cares anymore. You nobody cares exactly. that you know if you get domed from an intern. None of that matters. The only taboo left is children. And so if you're engaging in sexual activity with children, people in the intel business want that footage because that becomes leverage to get done whatever they need to get done and do the bidding of whoever is calling the shots. So we'll, that footage will never be seen. I personally believe it exists and whatever footage that there is is going to be pretty innocuous and it's not going to be an indictment on anybody. 
And, you know, Clinton doesn't care. He knows how this leverage game is played. He knows that he's untouchable. I mean, he right now, I just saw a report on TMZ. He's in Mexico right now with Gavin Newsom yucking it up at a restaurant. Yeah. So he doesn't care. No, none of them care. No, they don't. Because they know the sins and the crimes that they've committed are just for certain eyes. And those eyes are the ones pulling the strings. He's not going to be judged until he dies and goes to heaven or goes to wherever his final judgment's going to be. I mean, it's not up to me to judge, just to be clear, and and we shouldn't. But I I feel reasonably confident that Bill's not going there. You never know. You never know. You never know, and you never know what's coming down the path to. Obviously, grace, forgiveness, all those things can come into play, and, and something could change. But as it stands, he's not lived the most upstanding life. Not that you can earn your way in with what you do or don't do. You can't. But, but, but Bill Clinton's, he's kind of in his own, his own category for sure. Yeah, I agree. There's, I mean, he was, Epstein was a leverage guy. He was a power broker, leverage guy. He had all of that stuff going. You don't have facilities, we'll just call them like he did, where that type of behavior happened and then not have it documented filmed whether knowingly Something. or unknowingly yeah. like that's 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 how that well, and, and frankly if you're going to be a sick bastard like jeffrey epstein the smart thing to do is to have stuff like that going on hey this one if you go in there you're going to be on tape just so you know but if you go here you're fine wink wink just kidding you're actually not everything's on camera here and we we've got the goods on you forevermore Especially when your partner's Ghislaine Maxwell, whose father, that was his business for 40 years, who accidentally fell overboard (laughs) on a a yacht. (laughs) So I saw this earlier today. I don't think Bill Clinton would would say this. I think he'd just be like, yeah, I was there. Yep, you got it. But anyone else on the list, they're probably saying this to their loved ones right now. What? Jeffrey Epstein? Yeah. yeah, but before you judge me, know this. Yes, I was on the sex island, but only for the snorkeling. I didn't know anything about the kid stuff. Oh. No, look, 95% of what went on down there was not pedophilia. Oh, yeah? No, the other 5%, that sullied the whole operation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Danny DeVito, by the way, making a comeback with... Um... Which sub? Which sub place is he with again? Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. Yeah, my kids love that commercial. They're like, "Who's this little guy?" I'm like, "It's Danny DeVito." We get to start watching his movies. He's amazing. You respect Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, speaking of weird behavior, sexual fetishes, let's talk about the Obamas. Let's talk specifically about Bathhouse Barry and Big Mike because Michelle was was on this podcast, right? And you've maybe seen this clip. You've maybe heard about it. Uh, and, and she's talking and she kind of doesn't directly say it, but let's have the conversation because we've talked about this in broad strokes for a while anyways. But she insinuates in this clip that he, she is worried about Trump getting back into office and it's preventing sleep at night. Take a listen to what is said and then we'll discuss. You know, are we moving at all fast enough? What are we doing about education? Are people going to vote? And why aren't people voting? Are we too stuck to our phones? I mean, those are the things that yeah. keep me up because you you don't have control over them. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select 
who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. You know, the fact that people think that government, eh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really even do anything. And I'm like, oh my God, does government do everything for us? And we cannot take this democracy for granted. And sometimes I... <laughs> All right. I love the... The piano. In yeah. The I, don't know if that, I mean, uh, clearly it must have been for the clip, not live. <laughs> that would be kind of distracting. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But what was said, excuse me, was said. This, this, this is all fear-based rhetoric to other opposing views. And we're seeing the face of Democrat authoritarianism. It's like, uh, just to come up with a reference, like Joy Behar's makeup mirror when her face, you know, she puts on for TV is wiped away. All you have left is this leathery, lifeless piece of wrinkled skin that cannot hide the dark heart that pulsates inside of a soulless vessel of hate, such as Joy Behar. These guys have to. The Democrats have to rally their base somehow. They have to do anything they can. And right now, as it stands, where they've been collectively in in recent times, all they have is abortion and racism. That's it. The well is as dry as Hillary Clinton's gash after riding six hours on a camel through the Sahara <laughs> with Algerian Bedouins. To the bad reference. That's not, that's not something that I was wanting to picture. In my, head. Well, my, my point. I love that some of the things she talks about there. Talking about how how the government is good and talking about you know leaders and the impact they can have. That's not how D.C. works. You know that, and you, and you know that you know that, and you know that you're lying through your teeth. But you, 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 it, it does concern me that you've got this conversation happening as Joe continues to look worse, sound worse, do worse, all of those things. I don't think we need to belabor that point. I think we all can agree things aren't going particularly well under Joe, and they're not going particularly well for Joe in terms of his health and, and all of that. But... We we know that we know that at some point he's he's going to step away and and it might not be now it might not be before twenty four we're going to talk that's going to be part of the question of the day today but it it might be it might be later but he's not going to be able to sustain just pretending to be president for much longer so what do the Democrats have to do they have very little left and they're scared shitless obviously right now about Trump's resurgence his campaign dominating the GOP primary like Trump don't like Trump he's dominating the GOP primary so let's just let's just be realistic with that is he there in the end we don't know but you you've got this situation where they know they need to do something they're they're losing it they're losing their grasp on power and they can't have that and they particularly can't have that if President Trump is going to be the guy for the GOP not that he necessarily represents the GOP, <clears throat> but if he's going to be the Republican, so-called Republican candidate, you, they've got to do something because he's 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 hot. Is he as hot as he was in 2016 or 2020? Maybe, maybe not. I people people will argue both ways. It doesn't really matter because those polls don't matter. What matters is what DC sees, what they interpret, what what they want to happen. And if they are concerned that he's going to win, if they're concerned internally speaking, like, you know what, these these bogus cases aren't going to really work and he's still going to be on the ballot in all the states or 
99% of the states and yada, yada, yada. You get the point. What are we going to do? Because he, he will beat Biden. So you, you have the Newsom conversation we've had for a while, which still makes sense. And then we've always said the scariest one is this one. And she, look, Michelle didn't sit there in that interview and say that she was going to do this. But if they think that they're going to lose power and they know that the most crazy, out-of-the-box, kind of surefire thing they could do is put Michelle on the ticket, I just wouldn't put it past them. And I've, we've, we've talked about that for a long time. But Michelle is the one person who would really terrify me in terms of running against Trump. Because you've got so many low IQ voters out there who would be like, yep, those were great days. They weren't. And she's cool. No, not really. And she's just kind of like us. Not at all. But they would vote. I mean, she would get so many damn votes. It would be terrifying. So I hope this is not an indication of things to come. I hope it's not kind of teasing it out there. But this would be Obama's fourth term, 100%. And to be clear, if Biden still runs and they prop him up and they drag him through that that process of campaigning again, which is not really campaigning the way they did it. But if, if they drag him through and try and get him across the finish line and ensure that, that, that the left wins and they've got four more years in the white house, everyone be really terrified of that model, by the way, it's still a fourth term for Obama in my view, but it would be a very clear cut term if it was, if it was Michelle. And I think people should be scared. Well, not only is it a fourth term, but it's also a fifth term because she'll yeah. get reelected if if she runs. Hundred uh, percent. The the, the, the per, I have no idea the person who was interviewing her, the the soy dude there, <laughs> but that outfit he was wearing, what was that? It, it, it seems like you would be so you know dressed a little bit more formal than to be that casual, having you know a former first lady who you you know undoubtedly worship, and that's why Mike chose to be on that show. But I do think this is an opportunity for the Democrats to test the waters with Michelle to see to kind of put a scare inside inside some of the republicans and to show that you know they still have a weapon of mass destruction that will be unleashed if things don't start going their way yeah will it i don't know i i, I it, you know three years ago i would have said no there's no way she wouldn't want that gig but we've seen now that he, for the Democrats, it's just a figurehead. I guess sort of the presidency has always been a figurehead. If you go back to, you know, George, you know, W and so forth, where they're being told what to do by right. somebody, by foreign entities. Same thing with Obama. Trump, I'm sure to some extent, was being told what to do, but I feel like he was making his own decisions when, when, when the time, because there was just so much pushback to a lot of the decisions that he was making, which makes me think that he was making a lot of his own decisions. Whereas I don't think either party, Republican or Democrats, they don't want the president to make their own decisions. They have these panels and these special interest groups that are telling them what decisions to be made, and especially by the, the intel community and, and the military-industrial complex. I mean, just look at what's going on with Lloyd Austin. Yeah. They didn't even tell Biden that he was in the hospital, and that's just to let everybody know that 
the executive branch doesn't matter as far as the left is concerned. They, they just look at that as, you know, HR, and right. we're going to be doing our own thing, and if there's any kind of a problem, we'll let you know. Other than that, stay in your lane and don't, you know, don't even look into what we're doing over here. So it's a t and I think with that and, you know, showing that it's just a figurehead, it might be good, you know, for Michelle just to step in there. And I think that would alleviate a lot of the pressure that she may have felt. Like, look, I'll do this. I'll become president. I'll give a couple of speeches here and there, but I'm not doing the day-to-day. -day. you got to find somebody else to do the day-to-day. -day. Yeah, I could see her living with something like that, and I think that would be totally acceptable for people on the left who most people on the left are very sort of subservient, and they, they like a monarchy. They like, you know, uh, deflecting to their uh, deferring to people that they believe that have a higher intellect or a higher, higher uh, social strata than they do to make decisions for them. So I think people on the left would be perfectly happy with Michelle in that position just as a figurehead. Yeah. Well, and you make a good point. If you're if if you're Michelle and you don't really want to, and who knows, she might totally want to. She might have always wanted to. She might have been. Who knows? But as bad as that would be for us and this country, gosh, it would be devastating. Eight, eight years of that would be devastating. But if 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 you're in her shoes and you don't want to do it, and and it really has to your point, it's very much so become a figurehead position. That's not necessarily how Trump did it, uh, which is not. You know, it just is what it is, but it's not necessarily how he did it, but that's how it's collectively been for the most part. And and if you don't want that, now it is. It's a little bit more appealing. I wouldn't – look, I, I, no one's asking me to. I wouldn't want to do it either. I don't want to be up that whole time just stressed out of your mind with crazy stuff because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world, a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that the American public doesn't know about that are, are concerns, threats, all of that stuff that are happening all the time. That, it, it's it's a stressful job if you're doing it the way that it used to be done. If if it's if it's different, then then obviously it comes down a little. I mean, look, freaking Biden's been gone almost forty percent of his of his term. That's not so bad if you're him. Obviously, it's been awful for us. But I, I just I, I you know reminder. I know you. We've talked about it here on the show copious amounts of times. But if that if that scenario were to come into play. Damn, it's going to be scary because I think we're going to face a really difficult time getting over that hump that we need to to, to win that election. That's, that's presuming things are fair and done on the up and up, which you know is not going to be the case. But if it were fair, even so, I think it still would be tough. And then you add in the fact that, you know, so you get where I'm going with it. I, that, that, that's concerning to me. I hope, I hope it's nothing. I hope it's nothing. I hope that that we can actually get our shit together and come out on top in 2024. I don't know if there's enough that we can do in four years to fix some of the things, but we can start. It's better than where we are today. So I hope that there's I hope that there's some positive positive stuff coming with that. But that's concerning. It's concerning what they'll still try and do even with Joe's there. I've said this, too. If 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 they keep Joe and run with Joe and force him through again on the American people. That show, that's really damn. We tell you all the time how these politicians, both re Republicans and Democrats, don't like you. They don't, they don't give two shits about you. Sands are rare few. 
if they if they're willing to shove Joe through again and be like, nope, that's your guy. That's who you voted for. That that then you really should know that they don't like you. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious. And also, too, you know, you hear a lot of people say, uh, especially on the right, there's no way Michelle Obama can, you know, get on the ballot in these states. Look, man, we're talking about Democrats. They change the rules. Right. They don't have rules. They'll they'll do whatever it takes and, and, and make it up as they go along like they always do. And to think that, you know, the the filing date has come has come and gone you're you're joking yourself you're just you're you're in a different world if you don't think that democrats have the ability to manipulate the system to put michelle michelle obama on the 2024 ballot yeah no exactly well it's the same people who think this is the most free country ever and our election system is better than i mean they they've bought into this stuff and there's there's points in time where that was true and there's points in time where that was where that was more true but uh it's it's just not the case and 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 if like you're saying tom if they want that person or gavin or whoever to be the name on the top of that ticket it will be so and they will find a way to do it because to their credit they they go hard to the hoop and play to win how do we win well we're going to do x y and z well you can't do z because we missed the window forget the window we're changing the window it just changed i just magically changed it and i just got this judge over here who's on our side to sign off on it's ridiculous the lengths they will go to and it's 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 depressing as hell to see how they play the game and how they get away with it but they also do it because they want what they want and they don't stop till they get it so we'll see uh this next story pisses me off there's no asset for this one by the way okay just but you've got a sailor, a Na- U.S. Navy sailor, who sold secrets to a Chinese intelligence officer. Big deal, right? That's a big deal. Probably shouldn't do that. That goes against your oath. That goes against everything you're supposed to be doing. Words like treason come to mind. All sorts of things. Kind of a big deal. You would think. But not so fast. To quote the great Lee Corso. This, this from Daily Wire here. I'll just read a little bit. There's a link to this story in the show notes if you want to read it. A Navy service member was sentenced to just over two years, just over two years in prison after he pled guilty to being bribed to send sensitive military information to a Chinese intelligence officer. Petty Officer Wang Hangzhou, Wang Hangzhou, 26-year-old from Monterey Park, California, was sentenced to 27 months in prison in order to pay a $5,500 fine after his guilty plea for one count of conspiring with an intelligence officer and one count of receiving a bribe. He could have, could have, being the key part, faced up to 20 years in prison, 15 years for conspiracy charge, five years for the bribery charge, but he's not. And the the article continues on. You can get some more story on it. Bottom line, we're imprisoning people for all of the wrong things for for exorbitant amounts of time 17 years plus in the case of some for taking a walking tour of the capitol on the january 6th now i still maintain the 6th was not a great day was not a good look for america but it was also set up by people on the left and by permanent washington there's evidence there that's not conspiracy go 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 look at the evidence we show it to you a lot here 
but you have people who are you have people who are showing up at school board meetings all the types of things that you see where people are getting tossed away in the clank lives ruined and you've got this joker right here who sold classified information sensitive military information to the chinese our biggest state actor foe and he gets a $5,500 fine and just over two years in prison. I think it was 27 months. Come on. That's, I mean, I, that's ridiculous. And it's really, this is a serious thing. Because some people might want to glide past it, but, but where's the thing? I mean, you think about the precedents that are being set everywhere, and they're not good ones. Precedents matter, and we're setting really bad ones in our country. Really, really bad ones. Had you seen yeah, this? Yeah, this guy is obviously a Chinese asset. So I don't know where this dude was born. You know, he could be an anchor baby for all I know, and his parents could be deep with, you know, in the Chinese Communist Party. Who knows? Which, you know, the, getting a slap on the wrist kind of leads me to believe that that might be the case, that his parents have something to do with with the, the, the party, the Chicom party, you know, the higher-ups in it. Because you're not going to... You're going to give somebody a slap on the. If you want this person to go away for a long period of time, he's not going to be connected. We see what happens with with our judicial system. If you're on the right team, you don't get any time whatsoever, and if you do, it's very minimal. I mean, look at what's going on with Sam Bakeman Free. That's a perfect example. He's on the right team. Charges keep getting mysteriously dropped to the point where he's probably not going to spend that much time in prison, even though he laundered over a billion dollars to the Democrat Party. Oh, but he also. Gets Gave money to the Republicans. Yeah, he gave you know several hundred million, almost a billion to the Democrats, and what fifteen grand to different Republicans. So don't come at me with that stupid shit because it it, it doesn't hold any water. This guy is, is a, a, a traitor to the country. He violated his oath to the Constitution. He deserves a lot more time than two and a half years. But again, he's on the right team. And the right team, in the case that we have now, with the re current regime that we have, is sell out the country. The country sucks. It needs to be reinvented. And the way that we're going to reinvent the country is with this Chaikom model. We're, this is all part of the Marxist revolution that we're going through right now. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's... <laughs> I, I think you're you're probably right on a lot of that, and it's just I mean, if I had done that, granted, uh, I'm not saying this to, to to boast or anything. I had access to bigger information in in the organization and the role that I worked in compared to this person. But I would have been locked away for so damn long, life ruined because it's a big deal selling secrets to our enemies. It's this the, again, don't let this one pass. Not that you can do anything about it or I can do anything that we can change it. This is what's happening. Joker got off easy because as, as you're saying, Tom, he's on the right team probably, but it, it's a horrible, horrible precedent and something that, that just, it really pisses me off. Cause I took that. I took every aspect of my oath serious right down to the point where back in the day, I respected the office of the president that I worked under. Doesn't matter if they were left or right. Yeah, it didn't matter. I, I, I was, I was Bush, Obama, and Trump. And I, I, I just respected the office, and I did what I was told for the most part, sometimes. And, and then I, but I never, you know, in terms of abandoning the oath, you just, man, you don't do that.
Don't do it. Speaking of serious issues, we talk about the border issues and the madness that's happening there with illegal immigration in our country right now every day, and it's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's just ridiculous what's happening. And some, frankly, most on the left, will just lie and say it's not happening. Don't believe your lying eyes, right? We hear that all the time. No, the border's closed. Everything's good. Don't worry about it. Well, who, who are all those guys? And how come we're seeing record numbers? Like, not like kind of big numbers, like crazy record numbers. You've got some who will just straight up lie to you. And then you've got others, like New York Congresswoman Yvette Clark, who just came right out and said exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. Take a listen. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. We have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. And, I, that, you know, when I hear uh, colleagues talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district but just for redistricting purposes. And those members could, could clearly uh, fit here. So she's she's special she said what i've been saying all along this is all about voting yes well there's she said a lot of th two things in particular jumped out first and foremost they are not for the love of god people they are not migrants stop calling these illegal immigrants migrants it has to stop they're illegal aliens according to the statute is written in the law of immigration they're referred to as illegal aliens yes they're not migrants they're not immigrants they're they're illegal aliens 100 percent. and they're of course as we've talked they're using the term migrant to soften it these families okay most of them aren't families they're mostly military age males look at the footage look at the records there are some but regardless of whether you're a military age male and you're in that predominant you know the majority of them that are coming across or your lupe and your daughter isabella you're still by the letter of the law whether you're a good person or not an illegal immigrant you've done things the wrong way you are not a migrant it's a very different story but they're so manipulative with their words and how they do things that it's 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 sticking and you hear man you hear people say that all the time so that's the first thing is they're not migrants but then two as you're saying there she said it I need more people in my district. She said those words. Why would she say that? Well, the good news is, folks, she told you that too. She said for redistricting purposes. They, a lot of them will tell you exactly what they're doing. And it's obvious to most of us what they're doing, why they're doing it. And it's not just purely for voting. There's other things on it. You're getting a voting base. You're getting a reliant group of people who are going to just suck on the government teat for as long as you're there and telling them what to do but you're also crushing our you're, you're hurting our communities in terms of, of of violence and things that can happen you're you're crushing our economy you're crushing the middle class you're crushing low i mean all of it i mean there's such a huge wide-reaching effect on all of this stuff and 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 part of it and and how they start doing that and the justification for it which which again scales into all those other things is by making them a a loyal voting base and taking care of them not to mention the fact that this is all costing us as of now it's probably it's only going to go up 451 billion dollars a year taxpayers yeah and you're talking the more congressional seats that you're going to get and eventually the you know based on population the more electoral votes you're going to get so you're going to take a lot of swing states out you know out of uh, contention 
when trying to to sway an election. So the you know the, the she's right about the redistricting. It, that uh, this is all part of this. This is all what the Democrats want to do to make to ensure that they never lose another election ever again. I think it's it, it's it puts Republicans in a tough spot because we're you know most Republicans want to seal off the border, but the border is not going to be sealed. So something else has to be done, and there's not going to be mass deportation. That's not going to happen. Those two things are never going to happen in a million years. And I, we can save this clip and replay it if I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong, but it will never happen. You've got people now who are going to see an immigration judge in 2032. Do, you re do we really think that in eight years, one, that these people are going to go to their court appointment to see an immigration judge? No. And two, in eight years, they're going to be married and have kids. So now that they're going to have an anchor baby, oh, we can't pull them away from their families and deport them. We need amnesty for all. This is where this is all going. Yeah. So Republicans have a choice to make. Either say, okay— there's nothing we can do about the influx of people that are coming in other than getting cheap labor. What else can we do? Well, we somehow need to embrace them, make them part of the community, and give them an option other than Democrats. You know, whether that, you know, is, hey, look, you know, reach out to the families, you know, and I'm not talking to military age males, I'm talking to the families that have come in and say, look, this is what's happened to the black community and the white community. The Democrat Party has dissolved the family unit. Do you yeah. want to be a part of that? Because we're looking for you to help us regain what we have and establish both the white family and the black family, because family is very important. And if you go along with what the Democrats are doing, they're going to dissolve your family. They're going to have your their, your own children turn on you. You're going to have your own children say that they don't need you, that they are an adult, that they want to be emancipated, that they want to be able to choose their own sex. And they're gender fluid. They don't want to have kids. They want to mutilate themselves. So Republicans need to start thinking out of the box and, and just realize that the, this is the end game. Either you can be part of the solution or you're going to be in a re-education camp because we're reaching that crossroad right now. So uplifting. So uplifting. <laughs> but you talk – I want to transition on to this because I have a couple more things I want to get to. Uh, plenty more things, actually, I want to get to. But you talk about – generations and those kids and how they're going to respond and and you're t granted you're talking in that case about illegal immigrants but but we've we've got a huge issue with our younger generations here and the crap that's being poured into them fed to them mostly in academia but also just kind of everywhere now right it's just running rampant well you maybe have seen this clip but this is a gen z chick we'll call her bangs i don't know her name who totally loses it in her car we've shown these videos before loses it she works at walmart and is so upset that her paycheck doesn't afford her a life of luxury and freedom take a listen i cannot stand how the news has been dogging gen z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here okay i work five days out of the week 40 hours a week okay i do not make enough to live on my own I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat all by myself. 
I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago, when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago, when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off, wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. You let it all run to hell. And now it's Gen Z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes. Her name was Cat, by the way. I saw the name tag. Oh, yes. Cat. Oh, yeah. Okay, Cat. Uh, very cat-like in her behavior. Uh, some some poor dude's gonna date that chick, and I feel bad for him. And look, the the one thing that's kind of true is not necessarily specifically what she's talking about, but older generations, mine and and the generations above mine, do have some responsibility for creating and not bringing them up with 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 better wisdom and knowledge and and all of that because we are somewhat to blame for for making some of them not us specifically here you know i think that we're all doing a good job raising our kids and teaching them right and wrong and just basic common sense but but we've seen these clips right i can there's i remember the one too i can't date anyone because i don't have time because i have to work yeah life sucks it's a hard slugfest. There's some great stuff, your family, your friend, your communities, your church, all of that stuff. There, there's, there's some really bright and shiny things that are there. First and foremost, please understand, it's not actually about Earth. We're like here for a blip on the radar. This is, this is not the end game right here. So understand that first and foremost. That'll change your perspective for one. But then the daily grind is tough. And no, we couldn't, it wasn't different 20 years ago. You could live on your checks back then. Look, honey, first of all, you're, you're, you weren't around then to know. You're, you're trying to talk all authoritatively on all these issues. Your generation doesn't have a good track record of being right on most issues. But I couldn't live on my check first check 20 years ago. I can tell you that. Try being a GS7 in the Beltway and, and living on your own. Not happening. It's a lot of people, and you work, and I'm not slamming people who work at Walmart, but you work at Walmart, it's, it's different, you're not, you're, 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 you're not a, a surgeon who's, by the way, strapped forever and a day with, with medical school loans and stuff in the early, early days of that, but it's always been tough early on, that's just part of life, that's the rite of passage, outside of some rare jobs and or people who have family money and have like a freaking trust fund. We all know who you are. You let us know. It's a freaking slugfest out there. Always has been. Huh? When you first enter the job market, it, you're not going to get what you what your what your value is. 
what your value is comes with a specific skill that you have over a period of time. That's when you start making money. An apprentice plumber is not going to make the same amount of money as the person who owns the company or somebody who's been working for the company for five plus years. It just doesn't work that way because you have nothing to bring in to the workforce. And that's what uh, there that that's where a lot of the disconnect is between Gen Z and and the rest of us, you know, Gen Xers, you know, that I can speak for cuz I am a Gen Xer, even millennials and boomers uh, that uh, the, the sense of entitled, this overwhelming sense of entitlement of when you first enter the 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 uh, the workforce, the job market, that you feel like your 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 education and your your college degree are are the things that have brought you to the point where that's your experience, and then all of a sudden, when you st it's time to start making money, that you automatically advance because you've got a four-year degree and that's your experience. Sadly, that's not your experience. It's not your experience in anything. Nobody wants to go to a doctor who is going to, you know, engage in open-heart surgery on them with somebody who's just come out. You know, it just doesn't work that way. You've got to work your way into being able to hold that scalpel and cut somebody's chest open and retract their ribs and then start digging into their heart. It, it, your experience in doing that doesn't come from completing college. Right. It comes from hands-on experience with people watching over your shoulder. Yeah. That's where that comes from. 100%. You're not going to go directly from getting your degree to, you know, cutting open people and then on your weekends spending it with supermodels on a yacht, drinking champagne and doing blow off their asses. That's right. not going to happen. No. Well, I, I mean, hey, if she was a uh, manager or higher up and she was saying this, maybe a little different because you're getting paid more. But if you're just a uh, first time in and you're working your ass off. That's what it's all about. When I first started in film and TV production, I, I got coffee for five years, six years, seven years. It just it never stopped. It's all I did. And I would have other people after being there and then moved up to camera operator and director of photography, moved up a little bit. You had people that would come in. They'd be a PA. They're like, I, I run steady. Well, today you're a PA. Yeah. Because you, you're green. You just, like, and sh show us your worth for a while. And then you'll probably get that spot that you say that you are. But until you show your worth, you're not there. The problem is with this. I can't. Go ahead, Tom. I was just going to just to piggyback what, off of what Disco said. I can't tell you how many times where I was picked up by a driver, uh, you know, who was hired by the, the, the production that I was working on, who was, their job was to pick me up and drive me to set so I could direct whatever episode that I was directing. And in the course of our ride to set, they would tell me, oh, yeah, I'm a PA, but I'm actually a screenwriter. I'm actually a director. And it's like, well, today is Disco Set. You're my driver. Yeah. If you want to ingratiate yourself with me, you're a driver, and you will be a driver the whole way. You, If you're lucky enough to let myself or somebody like Disco let you shadow us, then that's fine. Just don't tell us what you actually are. Absorb what it is that you want to be. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, it's true. And, and, and you've got this chick, and I think it was Andy who made both points, maybe not, uh, over in the chat talking about 
you know, you, you've got this chick who's bitching and moaning on a $1,500 iPhone, you know, making her TikTok video. It's got perfect teeth. Who paid for those, daddy? <laughs> you know, you, you've got it pretty good. You've just got to get through the struggle phase that we all yeah. go through. That we, it's just, that's just a, it's just part of life. But you made a note about this earlier today, Tom, and, and this, is, this is the problem with this, is with this weaker, less street-smart generation, generations, there's two of them down there that are concerning. What, what this does is, and, you, and we, we see it, we see it in real time, thanks to social media, how they feel and where they're going with their thoughts and their view and what triggers them and all this stuff. Is it, is, it, is it just leads them right into what we're already being fed here in this country and what's trying to be done behind the scenes, and that is this quiet, it's not even quiet anymore, this push towards a Marxist revolution and, and ushering in more of a communist state, which sounds so outlandish and crazy, I know, but it's not. It's not. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're saying. Look at history and, and what they were doing and what they were saying. And then, by the way, look at where it got them. But you've got these young generations who don't want to work, don't understand how life works, and that, that makes them perfect candidates for being on board with all of this stuff. Don't worry. Big Daddy government's got you. Come just latch on right here. We'll take care of you. And that sounds great. Oh, cool. Then I can, then I can, I have more hours in the day to TikTok with my friends and do a, that. That is a huge, huge problem. And, and these people, I don't know about her. Well, yeah, she, I mean, you can tell by looking at these, these people vote now. These people maybe aren't community leaders or business owners or stuff like that. But man, they're also not going anywhere. So we've we've got to educate them. We've got to somehow make a dent in that and do a better job because they are dragging our ship down. Like they are dragging our constitutional republic, this once great country, down. And it's the, they're the, the least likely people ever. Cause it's like that that chick right there, she's dumb as a pile of bricks. The AOCs of the world, whatever. Yeah, well she. Well, she's extremely short-sighted, and, and that's why it, it's—communism is so appealing to younger people, because you don't have to pay any dues to get to where you are. And it, it, just another reference for the television business, because it's kind of, it, it runs in the same circles. Whenever, you know, whenever I work on a show that's not union, I always see as an opportunity, if I'm directing that show, as an opportunity for the assistant camera operators to be able to pick up a camera and start filming. Because in our business, if you're a camera operator, you make more money than the assistant camera operator. But if it's a union show, the camera, the assistant camera operator will never get the opportunity to pick up a camera and be able to film with it. So it, 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 you, when you talk about unionizing reality shows, it, it, it sounds good for, for the camera assistant because all of a sudden your pay increases. But once your pay increases, you never get the opportunity to develop the skill of a camera operator. So in the short term, it's good. In the long term, it's not good if you don't want to be a camera assistant for the rest of your life. If you do, that's fine. But basically what it comes down to is you buy into a system where you're a nickel and you'll never become a quarter. You want to live in a system where you might be born a nickel, but you want the opportunity to become a quarter. Right. And, and what communism does or socialism, it eliminates that system. Once you're born a, a nickel, a dime, a penny, that's it. 
there, there's no ascension ascension for you. Right. That's where you are. You're stuck. Oh, well, <clears throat> let's get to a quick. I want to I want to try and speed through our answers here on question of the day because I want to get some other stuff. But let's do question of the day, uh, which which is this. We talked about it earlier with with the Michelle Mike stuff. But and, and Biden, all that stuff. But the question is, well, I want a percentage from you. What are the odds Joe Biden is still on the ticket come November? It could happen before then. You say Jill or Joe? In the end, Joe. I don't. Maybe okay. I did. But what are the odds Joe Biden is still on the ticket? Give me a percentage when when this election comes around. You, you might be like, he's the guy. They're going to stick with him because why wouldn't they? You might say it's going to be Gavin or or Michelle or someone else. But give me a percentage. What 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 do you think we're at now, given his health? Tom, I'll start with you. You got to give us the first number. Ninety five percent. Okay. All right. I'm I'm kind of leaning that way too. I I feel like why change it if you don't have to. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I I agree. I think they they figured that they've got somebody they can control, totally control and manipulate. No matter how much he's made fun of, how much he's maligned, all they have to do is wheel him up there, and he he can stumble, mumble, do whatever he wants, and he knows that the 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 Democrats know that the media will always have his back. I mean, this is an ideological war that we're at right now, and there's no way that they're going to lose it, especially when we're coming up to 2030. Yeah. And the promise of Agenda 2030. Yeah. Disco, percentage? The more that they try to bring people out and see what's going on, I I mean, do you think Gavin did good in his debate against um, Big D? I mean, as they try to get people to come out and, and see, like, they're testing the waters, I feel like the percentage gets higher and higher. Um, if you would have asked me a few months ago, I probably would have said fifty eh, percent. But I'm leaning more towards the seventy-five percent. He's gonna—it's still likely he's gonna be there because they can't find a person that's really going like Tom is saying to replace him that they can feel like we we got him in our pocket. Well, unless it's unless it's Michelle or Gavin, yeah, They'd both be in their yeah. pocket. They would be, uh, and and they both would be for them, not for us and Americans. Good candidates for the left, but I I. I, I I go back and forth. And I mean, earlier, I, and I, I stand by what I said earlier, and I stand by what I say all the time. I think if they were to put Michelle in, that is like their big card that they can play, and I think we'd be doomed. I think we'd be screwed. I don't think it's still the most likely scenario. I think Gavin would 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 be more beatable, obviously, than Michelle, but also it would be concerning just because of how dumb the voting base is. But I, I kind of do tend to lean towards my biggest fear, and I said it earlier, is that they hate us even more than that, that they're just going to say, nope, here's your guy right here. He's going to talk about ice cream, make up a few words, and then get lost trying to leave the podium, and you're going to be okay with it because we told you to. And that's that's terrifying. So I, I think that I'm in the 80 80 plus percent range i still am leaving that that 20 percent window where it could change because if they were smart they would in in some respects in terms of uh, but i i man i think that it's yeah and then if, if he if he stays in the older he's getting you know medical wise if he ends up you know getting sick passing away whatever it is all right well and if and if kamala stays as the vp all right well we got our first woman president yeah yeah 
It, you know, yeah. it's like we've knocked off the boxes. We've got nothing to worry about. Debbie says 10. Uh, Barb says 12 and a half. And then is going to play ping pong. Good for you. Go we should get a ping pong table. 17%. He drops after pardoning Hunter, says F News. 20%. Same as his approval rating, uh, says Driver. Okay, good. <laughs> I like it. I like the numbers. Question was, if you're coming in, what are the what are the odds? What's the percentage that Joe's still on the ticket come, come November? I was closer to 50 and below before. I, I think I'm... I'm higher that he's still there now. I, I, I just don't like any of the options. None, I mean, when you have the news behind you, you have your press secretary saying everything's great. He's the best president we've ever had. He's done more things than he's done in these four years than presidents have done in eight years. They're just, oh, the economy's great. All these things. So why would you get rid of him? That's the thought. That's the <laughs> thought. It's terrifying. Let's do something fun. Let's do sports. <laughs> So off the top, let's just get to the score here. Obviously, obviously a great little night for, for, for our household last night. We were quite pleased. So was a huge contingent of, of Michigan fans and alumni across the country. Michigan wins 34-13 in the national championship. And you had, I, I, I know I'm biased, but I'm a football guy, first and foremost. I, I just love the game. And Team 144 there played sound, fundamental football all year. Super, I mean, just, this was a very, very complete football team. They blocked well. They tackled well. Least penalized team in all of college football all year long. And then you combine those things when you play with fundamentals, you do all that, and you've got Michigan-caliber athletes because the University of Michigan can recruit the best because they are the winningest program in history. There's a lot of mystique and aura to it. Obviously, there's a lot of great schools who can recruit really well, but they're they're one of them. So you add that all up, that's a tough-ass team to beat. And they were. And, you know, it got tight in the middle there for a while. I don't think most people expected Michigan, who's more of a pro-style offense, you know, very reliant on the run to break out with a big lead there. I, I, I even didn't. Then you get two huge carries from Donovan Edwards. But – they established control of the game very early on. Very demoralizing if you're the Washington defense. They rallied. They started to to catch some wins. The Washington defense did. And then it got tight. But, I mean, 174 rushing yards in the first quarter. More rushing yards in the half by Michigan against Washington. And Washington had let up in any other game in its entirety all, all year. You had Penix under pressure and seemingly kind of panicked and rattled all night beaten to a pulp, limped off. You know, I, he had a hell of a year. I like the kid. I'm not picking on him. But it, it didn't go the way that he or they wanted. I mean, it, Michigan won in the trenches all night long and expanded that lead as the game as the game went on. It was the second and third quarters were close, and then it, and then it just kind of popped open. But 15-0, complete team. Congrats to them. Congrats to the Michigan fan base and, and all of that. But I, 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 I was I – was, very, very pleased, obviously, from my side of things. But but also, I mean, they they, they just looked like a great freaking team again. They did. They looked great. The only kind of – the only con uh, critique that I have is I'm a huge Roman Wilson fan, and I felt like they should have given the ball more. Yeah. 
you did. And you texted me I that like last that night. kid. That that kid during the Alabama game was absolutely slaying me. He just he looks like he just has the most amount of fun that I've seen in a long time of any kid out on a football field. It's amazing. No, he's great. He is great, and and he had a that semifinal game. He had a hell of a game. No two ways about it. So they win. And now we're into this, you know, we've got playoff football, which is great. We've got, we've got a little bit more of that, but on the college side, we're done. We hit, we hit this period. Your life, your life is over now. I feel like there's very little meaning in my life from February to August usually, but that's not, that's not true. I love my family. I love all of you guys. I love our show. I love, I love, there's a lot and there's a lot on the line this year. So we're going to, we're going to go hard, but it does suck. It sucks when it, when it ends. But the question is, is what does Harbaugh do now? Got the Raiders, the Chargers, the Redskins, the Falcons have been mentioned as possibilities. The Titans fired Mike Frabel today. You know, does that become a possibility? I haven't specifically heard that one yet, but there's opportunities out there. And he's allegedly got a deal on the table at Michigan, 10 years, somewhere in the 120 to 130 million range. So good money. Money that he wouldn't make in the NFL, by the way. Maybe he gets 70, 75, 80 at the top end of a deal there. But that's leaving a lot of money on the table. He loves the school. He hates the NCAA, which some people are saying he, and he might. He might run because of some of the stuff that's coming down the pike next year. But Jim Harbaugh is also the kind of guy who's like, well, how about this? Let's go at it. Let's go at it because I hate you. And he said this last night when he was talking to Scott Van Pelt after the game. I, I heard it, and I had had copious amounts of beverages at that point, but I kind of propped up like, what did he just say? Anyways, here, here was the clip. Told him three or four days ago, we're gonna we're moving spring practice back. We usually we usually start on Valentine's Day, okay. February 14th, because we love football. Um, <laughs> but this year we're gonna move it back. We're gonna move it back about a month. Uh, and that'll be good too. We'll have uh, some nice weather in the spring in Ann Arbor. Okay, so you're thinking about the spring in Ann Arbor? Huh? Okay, interesting. Interesting. Does I mean doesn't necessarily mean anything. Again, there's. <laughs> I mean, come on, Jim. We're gonna move it back a month. Spring in Ann Arbor. You have an indoor practice facility. Right. <laughs> Multiple. Yeah. Uh, the facilities at Schembechler Hall there are are freaking outstanding. Uh, another reason it's easy to recruit there. But I, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Again, that's a lot of money. You love that school. Does he get suspended next year because of all this nonsense with the freaking mafia known as the NCAA? Maybe, possibly. But for one, he would still be under a great deal, getting paid a whole shit ton of money. Depending on how it's structured, he might be able to coach during the week like he did this year for those games missed. Maybe he can't. But Sharon Moore and the crew led the charge when he was gone for six games this year. It's not ideal, but it's possible. The other possibility is Michigan pushes back, challenges them. It gets kind of hung up in court and just keeps kicking the can further down the road because eventually the NCAA is going to go away and not have any voice in the matter when it comes to these power conferences. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. It's going to be lots of conversation the next couple of weeks. I don't want to lose the guy. He's quirky as all get out. But, man, if he's not a hell of a football coach, I don't know what he is. Yeah. All right, moving on. So last Friday – Pat McAfee, who I love, he, he's, he's, some people love Pat, some people don't. I like him. He's more my style. I, I just do. But he went after an old school boss at ESPN. More specifically, he called out one of his, his bosses, known, known, not known as his name is, Norby Williamson, 
He called him a rat on air and said he was actively sabotaging the Pat McAfee show. Lots of hubbub about that Friday. Well, then fast forward to this week. He's he's him and his team. You know, they would go wherever college game day went most of the time this year. Not all the time, but most of the time. And then he was also down with his crew doing stuff in Houston. And he kind of doubled down yesterday. Here it was. Take a listen. Not the down here in Houston, Texas yeah. at the national championship. ESPN has set us up pretty good here. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They have. Now, there were some comments about one particular person at ESPN. <laughs> sure. You know, that I made only on the YouTube ESPN Plus show. That wasn't sure. even on linear TV. What no. was that? I didn't know anybody was going to hear it because it was just on digital. And no one, no one does digital. I guess everybody did hear it. It was oh. a topic of discussion, obviously, the entire weekend. Sure. I, and the only thing that I'm, like, super bummed out about it all sure. is that a guy that we like a lot, a man that watched the game with us in the suite, Burke Magnus, yeah. who is currently new guy in charge at ESPN, right below Jimmy Pitaro. I guess he was kind of made to look bad because of what I did mm. and how I did it. I would like to let everybody know we love Burke Magnus. Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Love Burke Magnus. Love you, Burke. And also love Jimmy Pitaro. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love Bob Iger. Why? But there is quite a transition era here, you know, between the old and the new. Mm-hmm. New, new, new. And the old don't like what the new be do. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there is certainly going to be a couple of that, but we're very thankful. A lot of people are saying I'm trying to get fired. No way. Whoa. What ESPN has been able to do for us, mm-hmm. more specifically, whenever they do things like this, you have no idea about the crew behind the scenes here that we've been working with basically all year. Not only on game right. day, but for our show, whenever we're traveling, we got nothing but love for all of these people. Now, there's certainly people we do not like. Certainly. Naturally. And they do not like us. That's how it's going to be. And I don't take back anything that I said about said person. But the overall storyline about us and ESPN, I think people need to remember, we're strong, baby. Bingo. We are strong, baby. Yeah, and we all understand what the future looks like. There's just some old hags that potentially don't, but we sure. will move forward to that. Speaking of the future, playoff picture is... I love it. I love the extra shot at the end there. So the one, th- the one thing I will say that, 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 you know, Pat said towards the beginning of that clip is we didn't say it on the ESPN part, you know, when they're on linear because they split. They're partially on ESPN, and then the rest of the show continues on his YouTube channel as well as ESPN+. Plus. Dude, you're Pat McAfee. McAfee. You have, like, over 400,000 people watch each episode a day just on YouTube alone. You're surprised someone heard it? Yeah. <laughs> you call out one of your bosses, someone's going to hear it. But basically what's happened is you've got an old-school old school guy traditional guy from back in the day at ESPN and Norby Williamson who doesn't like where ESPN as a whole is going and and think Pat is is you know just not his style a little different way of doing things which he does Pat is Pat is he's not for everyone but all the other people who are there who I'm sure are also butting heads with Norby behind the scenes love Pat gave him an 85 million dollar deal so this is just one of those things going on. People are like, what are you doing? I wouldn't have, I don't necessarily would have done that either. Call them out on air, maybe have a meeting with him. Maybe, you know, I don't know, but he's not trying to get fired. He's got literally one of the greatest gigs ever getting to do his show there. Plus he gets to do college game day, which I would no offense, but I, I would drop everything in a hot minute and go do that. If I could, that that's like the dream. It'd just be Tom and I on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys can still call it. This is the show. You can do whatever. But he's got an amazing gig. He's not going to try and lose that. That's a lot of freaking money. But it's been an interesting thing to see, you know, unfold and play out. Some of you care. Some of you probably don't care. And that's fine. But I think uh, I, to me, it sounds like it's just one dude who 
it's going to come down to, all right, well, how much, how much, a lot of new people have taken over for you behind the scenes at ESPN. So how much clout do you really have left? You don't like Pat? Cool. Do you have enough Wasta to force him out? If you can't, then shut up and sit down. If you can, then this could get interesting. Yeah, well, you know, in broadcasting, the bottom line is, are you making money? If you're making money for whoever you work for, you're good. This reminds me of, you know, when Howard Stern was at WNBC back in the day in New York, and he had his boss there, he referred to as pig vomit. You know, pig vo Howard wasn't, you know, pig vomit's cup of tea, and they had that rivalry going. You know, Norby, I don't know Norby. I, I really don't know much about Norby at all. But I do know that, like you said, Pat has a huge following. He's a different kind of dude. He, he, he to me, ESPN was getting stale, you know, coming on the heels of the Jameel Hill and all these wokesters yeah. that were working there. It, it all, it, it, it went away from sports. You know, I know that, you know, sometimes sports and politics, you know, fuse together at certain points in history, which is totally fine. I get that. But, you know, under the leadership of John Skipper, it went the f totally opposite direction of where it should have gone. It just became this woke cabal of people who are being promoted who didn't deserve to be promoted and put in certain positions where they didn't deserve to be put in and other people were being pushed aside. It was a very toxic work environment. And so now to bring on somebody like Pat McAfee and his crew, it shows that you're, to me at least, you're trying to right the ship and get it into a direction to where it was sports and entertainment and didn't have so much of Disney infiltrating and telling you what to do and what direction you should be going in. Yeah. No, I yeah. and I kind of I, I like it when somebody who is really popular on a network starts talking shit to their boss on, on air that they have a problem with. <laughs> I personally don't have any problems with that. It's it's definitely interesting. That's that's for for damn sure. And, and I, I, I don't know, Pat, from Adam, I, I presume if it were to escalate and go any further, he would stick to his guns, too, and be like, this is how I feel. That's just that's just who who Pat is. Well, like Tom was saying, for, you know, ESPN was getting stale, and someone decided to bring him in to shake it up because yeah. he is a shaker. He's someone who has an attitude. All right, well, this is what we got. We paid for him. We knew, we knew, we knew what we were getting into. Yeah. And so, the, you know, the thing is, is, you know, I hope that the people who brought him in back him up and continue to support him yeah. because it's what his show's great. It's an awesome show. And, and it's not for, hey, our show's not for everybody. No. But it's, but, it, but, but when you sit there and go, hey, when you listen to what he says, you're like, all right, well, no, this is good stuff. It's fun to watch. There's some things I don't agree he says. There's some things I agree with. But, hey, it's still, it's, it's, it's a TV show. Yeah. It's entertainment. 100%. Chaos, come on, Drew. Get on the baseball wagon. Last forever. Great sport, too. I love baseball. I love baseball. I love hockey. Hockey's probably my number two. But I, I, I love all sports. I played them all growing up. All my brothers and I did. Um, you know, we just got to the point where football had to be the only one moving into once we got to the, you know, to, to college and beyond. But, like, but that's – I love baseball. So I will watch it. I just love football that much more than all the others that this is a, a tricky time of year. Now, just sticking on baseball, we did come to agreement. The the Twinkies, like, cream. Delightful. Uh, uh, you know, jer uh, jerseys and everything, and the hat that goes with it. One of the best ones that came out as, as like, a new, like, an alternate. Fantastic. No, very – See, I love playoff baseball. It's one of my favorites. And I also, I believe that Ice Cube – 
should be the commissioner of the NBA. Oh. It would be an interesting thing with what he's done with, what's it called, the three? Big three. Big three, big yeah. Three. yeah. I love the big three. It's one of my favorite sports leagues. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they need to do something. That's for damn sure. Because they, they have lost me. They've lost me a long time ago. You know, certainly when all the, the BLM stuff propped up, COVID stuff, all that, just you guys, you guys jacked that up big time. Uh, it's just, it's, it's been downhill for them. All right, we're going to get out of here, folks. It's been awesome. Thanks for spending time with us, as always. Please hit that like button on the way out if you have not already. Please make sure you're subscribed if you're not. I know most of you are, but please make sure that you click that button as well. And then we'd love to see you over on Locals for Coin Club. So click that red button as well. Join. You can use promo code DREW30, mash together, and that gets you a free month. Come hang out for booze and banter. Uh, which right now for me is dry. It's a dry booze and banter season. But mm -hmm. hang out with us nonetheless. Uh, you, you guys can drink. So we'll uh, look forward to seeing you there. Have an awesome night. See you tomorrow. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.